I'm Alana Becker, and I'm here with Tim Mangler. Hey, Tim. Hey, Alana. It's so great to be back doing this again. Yeah, it's been a little while. It is. It is good that we're back to doing to doing this. Yeah, I'm excited. Today's our topic is healing, and um, what's fun about this one is that I remember when I started going to the vineyard. When I started coming to Vineyard in Crystal Lake healing was something that came up a lot more often than what I had experienced anywhere else in any other church that I had been to. And with this large focus on it, I, I have learned so much from you about this gift and in classes that you've taught about healing experientially in how you've prayed for me and the healing I've received and the way that, you know, we've prayed together for others. And I was wondering if we could dive more into that today and if you could share your journey through the gift of healing. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Wonderful. Um, you're a little quiet right now. I'm not quite sure if something changed, but. Okay. Yeah, that sounds better. Great. Uh, so what was your first, what would you say your first experience with healing was? And in that, was it something that you saw someone else experience, or was it something that you experienced personally or like closely within your family? Yeah, our first healing experience was kind of dramatic and very personal. It was with our own son. Our son, Stephen, had been born with a defective heart valve and a hole in his heart. Wow. He was still just a little guy. He was, you know, between infant and toddler. Wow. They made this diagnosis, and the doctors were pretty concerned. This was a pretty serious <laughs> thing, and so of course, his parents and he's our first child. We were pretty concerned and freaking out. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about healing back then in terms of like how to pray. I didn't have a theology for it or whatever. Okay. I just knew that God should be able to do this. <laughs> yeah. And so every night when I would put my son Stephen to bed, I would just lay my hand on his chest and I would just pray something really, really simple. Like, God, I know you can do something about this. Yeah. And it was just very, very simple, unrefined prayers. You know, there was not a theology or whatever there. And after three months, we had to take him back to the doctors for another echogram because they wanted to monitor it very closely. Yeah, for sure. And so we take him back and the doctor calls me and says, I don't know what to tell you because I have no way to explain this, but the hole is gone and the valve is fine. And so I asked him, I said, well, did he grow out of it? And the doctor's like, well, that is possible, but not in three months time. He could have grown out, out of it over many years, but not in three months. He goes, I don't know what happened. He goes, the doctor point blank said, this is a miracle. Wow, that's incredible. So at that point, I had to rethink what I understood and knew about God because I knew it was him. Yeah. The doctor says, this is a miracle. That's and so, yeah, our first real healing was our son having a hole in his heart and a heart valve healed in three months time. That's so incredible. Did this, so you talked about how it changed your perspective, like perception of God. Did you kind of think of it as an isolated incident? Like that's so, so incredible that God did this this one time. Um, or did it start making you think more, maybe, maybe this is more of a normal way of life for people. Yeah, no, it definitely started me thinking that this, this is a normal way of life. Because while I didn't have a lot of understanding and I didn't have any training, by that point in time, by the point in time I was praying for him and this happened, I had read lots and lots of books on healing. Okay. And I was in the vineyard and I was around other people who were seeing healing. And so for me, it was just verification that this is real and that this happens. 
and then I need to press into this and figure out what this is about. Were the, did you read those books like within those three months time? Was it like something you were seeking out then or did it kind of? No, I had been reading books prior even to, okay. to starting to pray for him. Nice. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so as you started pursuing all of this more, you know, and reading more books and praying for more people to be healed, and now, you know, you're going to Mozambique and South Africa and all over the place. What would you say some of the craziest healing experiences you've seen? Like pick one maybe from the U.S. and one outside of the U.S. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got a couple of stories that I can think of. Um, the one outside of the U.S., probably the craziest one I've seen. I was in Mozambique and I think we had just had a church service. And after the church service, they brought this older lady up to me and her left hand was completely shriveled up. Like her left hand had no movement or functionality. It was just shriveled up. And then I could also see what I assumed was a tumor on her left wrist. Mm. It was completely under her skin, but you could see this huge mm. bulge, mm. probably the size of a plum from underneath her skin. And you could just see the desperation on her face because you could tell that this meant that she had a horrible life because she couldn't do anything. Wow. And so I, I assumed it was from the tumor. So I just put my, my two fingers, my index finger, my middle finger on the tumor. I don't remember exactly what I prayed, but I just commanded that thing to go in the name of Jesus. And right in front of our eyes, that tumor disappeared. <sighs> but then she still couldn't move her hand. Oh, and so okay. I'm like, all right, so it wasn't the tumor necessarily. So I just put my hand back on her hand and I just prayed, hand be open, be loosed, full movement. Again, whatever I prayed, I don't know. And then she looked at me with shock and she put her hand right in my face and made a fist. <laughs> she could not do it. She had no oh movement in that hand. She just made a fist. And then she, she was sitting down. She got up out of her chair and she starts going around to all of her friends, you know, like very excitedly jabbering away in Portuguese and making a fist in everyone's face. Like, look what I can do, look what I can do making this fist. And it didn't occur to me until much later how much that would have restored her life. Mm. Because now that she could make a fist, she could hold on to a broom handle. Oh my and so she could go get a job sweeping because that, that's a common okay. uh, job for an older woman in a place like oh. Mozambique is just to yeah. sweep. They don't have vacuums or mops or whatever. Right. And so you'll see these older ladies or young ladies that just sweep all day long. Mm -hmm. And so now, now that she can make a fish, she can hold on to a broom and go get a job sweeping. So that's incredible. Now you talk a little bit too, before we go on to the, your next story, you, um, you mentioned how like you prayed a couple times and I think that's interesting that it didn't just kind of all of a sudden, all of it go at once. Like, is that something that you experience a lot where you pray more than once for somebody? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I generally, I will always pray for people three times. For whatever reason, three seems to be the number for me. It's like a lot of times it's the third time I pray for them that we'll see the dramatic healing. I'm forgetting the exact Bible reference right off the top of my head, but there's a Bible story where Jesus prays for a blind man. Mm -hmm. And the first time the man can see, but he doesn't see properly. He says, oh, yeah. I see men, but they look like trees. And so Jesus prays for him again, and then his sight is fully restored and he sees properly so i figure if jesus had to pray twice i get to pray two or three times too <laughs> for sure that's so so true 
Great. That's really interesting. So what about, did you have another story inside the U.S., like something you experienced? Yeah, a crazy one here in the U.S. So there had been this woman who had been attending our church for a little while, and she called all upset one day. She had been at work. She had just started her own business. She had been at work, and she had done something. I don't remember what. She tried to lift something and put her back out really, really badly. And so she went to a chiropractor, and the chiropractor tried some treatment that made it much, much worse. Oh, no, no. Like it, it, it overstretched those uh-huh. muscles that were already damaged. And so now she was in a bad, bad way. Oh, no. So she went to the hospital. The hospital put her in a body cast and told her she, that she wouldn't be able to walk or move for six to eight weeks. Wow. She just started this business. And so she called us. And so my wife and I, we went over to her home. Okay. We got there. She was laying on her living room floor in a body cast. And so we just started praying over her and praying over her. And I don't remember one of us, I think it might've been the lady we were praying for had a vision of a surgeon's needle. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever had stitches, a surgeon's needle, is like a hook, almost looks like a fish hook. Yeah. She had a vision of that and just heard the words new in the morning. Ooh. And I'm just like, okay, we're going to trust that was the Lord. And so my wife and I, we went home. And early the next morning, like seven o'clock the next morning, she's calling me. I answer the phone and she is hysterical. I can't understand her at all. Okay. Like, calm down, calm down. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. She goes, I woke up this morning and just in faith, I took off the body cast and I stood up. She goes, I am standing up in my living room. I'm going to get dressed and go to work. Oh my God. And she was completely healed sometime during the night after we had prayed for her. That's incredible. I have chills. Wow. Yeah, and she was completely healed. She never had to go back to the doctors. That was it. It was done. It was fine. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Now, both of these, the healing stories you just shared, they, they seem like huge. They're huge. So significant. Um, but what about, like, is there some small little healings that you've seen that also seem significant but maybe don't, aren't on the same scale of largeness for lack of a better word I don't know. <laughs> yeah for sure um let me see if i can think of one here in the moment um you know i remember years ago i i had prayed for a young lady she had chronic dizziness huh to the point where she couldn't get a driver's license wow and so we prayed over her and the dizziness left and it never came back. She was eventually able to get a driver's license and begin to have sort of a normal life because right. she wasn't constantly dizzy. That's still pretty big because that changed her life. You know? Yeah. But like, I guess like dizziness seems, it's, it seems, I don't know, I guess it's hard to put a label on things because for every person's life, you know, when you're healed, when you're not in pain, when you can move on to the, like, like you say, have a normal life. That's significant for everyone, you know? Right. Yeah. But I think there's, there's the ones that I guess that you see when you see, like you saw the woman, she, the tumor went away, her fist, you know, could move. And the lady who stood up out of her cast, like those, I think you can see them more rather than the dizziness is something that someone else is experiencing and telling you about that you don't see from them. Right. I'm, here's another story of a person that got healed and it, was, and it was pretty amazing. And yet it wasn't a direct, like we weren't directly praying for their healing. Okay. So it was actually a Sunday morning. Somebody had come into our church for the church service and it was only like their second or third time of coming. 
and they had dislocated their shoulder. Mm. Now, the, this person walked on crutches, and so having a dislocated shoulder was a big deal because they walked on crutches every day. Oh, um, yeah. And, but they hadn't mentioned to me anything about the dislocated shoulder. They just come yeah. in, sat down, church yeah. service starts, I'm preaching. In this person's own words, at some point in my message, I just happened to make eye contact with her as I'm looking out at the congregation. The word healing came out of my mouth as part of whatever I was preaching on. And she said the power of God came on her and her dislocated shoulder was instantly healed. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so nobody was praying for her. I wasn't even aware that she had the dis dislocated shoulder. It just happened in the middle of a church service because God was there. His presence was there. Love it. That's so cool. Um, I think one of the things that comes out a lot, too, when people start talking about healing and the things that happen, I think our brains a lot of the times turn to, but what about when it doesn't, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's so, I think it's, it's so powerful and so great to talk about and remember what God has done. Like God's all about remembering and, you know, it's all about praising him for what he's done. But what is, what's your experience been about people not being healed? Like, do you, do you feel like you have a general idea of how many times you've prayed for people that haven't been healed? Is that something you keep track of even or? Yeah, I don't like keep track specifically where I have like an exact number, but Boy, I've prayed for lots and lots of people that have not been healed. Um, I would say if I had to guess it, we're probably only in about the 40 to 50% range. Okay. Maybe 40 to 50% of the people we pray for are healed, but many are not. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that discourages you? Like, how do you not let that discourage you? How do you, like, keep going towards the 40, 50%? Yeah, no, that doesn't discourage me at all because – I'm not responsible for the outcomes. Mm -hmm. God is responsible for the outcome. The only thing that I'm responsible for is obedience. That's so good. If the yeah. Lord has asked me to pray for this person, the only thing that I'm responsible for is being obedient to then pray. Mm. It's up to God and Jesus for the outcome. And if the healing doesn't happen, that's okay. It's in their sovereignty. You know, when I teach my class on spiritual gifts and healing, we, we develop a whole theology for when people aren't healed. And there are some things that you can look for in the physical realm for an explanation. Uh, sometimes there's something that's blocking the healing that you can then deal with. Um, sometimes when somebody isn't healed and then you get to dig into it a little bit better is when you end up with the really, really amazing stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because then you get to see God actually do a deeper work. Yeah. I feel like I've experienced where the healing didn't, the physical healing didn't come right away till God started working on the healing in the heart. Yes. And then yes. like the, it was like the body was reacting to what was going on in the heart. And as the heart healed, the body was restored. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I remember praying for a lady once she had a bad knee. I was praying for her knee and nothing was happening. And then she just blurts out, but I'm not worthy. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay. Now mm -hmm. we're dealing with something different here. So there was a thing with her where she didn't have her identity in Christ in the right place where she thought she wasn't worthy of a healing. Yeah. And so we had to get that worked out first and then the physical healing could come. 
Yeah, and you see that so much with scripture and what Jesus did. We see all these healings, but so often that goes hand in hand with him saying that your sins are forgiven. You know, that like, that freedom of like, no, you, your shame, your condemnation, you know, your sin is gone. Like you have, you have value in the kingdom and all of that, you know, aspects. I mean, you see moments where, where Jesus will tell someone that they're, their sins are forgiven and the Pharisees go, you can't do that. And Jesus is like, okay, to prove that I could do what I just said, I will now also physically heal this person. Right. Yeah. When I, again, when I teach my spiritual gifts class on healing, I, I make a point of that. That's very good, Alana. Jesus is always more concerned with the emotional well-being of the person than he is the physical. We see him do lots of physical healings, but he does take time to also make sure that they're emotionally well also i feel so like i mentioned before when i started getting into the vineyard i started getting really excited about seeing people healed and praying for people being healed because it was it was so new and fresh and everything and um i remember going on a mission trip and just wanting to see healings wanting to see those those awesome incredible moments happen and i felt like just god gave me this check in my heart and just came and was like but that's like if you don't love the people that you're praying for that's like, that's the point. The yeah. point isn't just for you to see something cool happen, Alana. The point is first love the people and then be praying for them, you know? And, and, I, and I think that that's what Jesus demonstrates so well is it's first about love and care and, and the healing comes as part of that. But to pray for people who, to get healed when you don't care about them as a person, like, yeah. what is that really doing? Yeah, that's really well said, yeah. Our, our healing ministry flows out of our human care and compassion for that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe to even wrap up today, Tim, what would you say to someone who's interested in seeing God, you know, heal people through their own lives? Um, like, I know you've got a class and stuff coming up. We can talk a little bit about that, but just even right now, if someone's interested in going, hey, this is what I want to see. I, w- I want to see people's lives be restored in these significant moments for them. Uh, what would you say to someone who's interested in seeing God do that in their life? Yeah, I'd come back to this idea of obedience. Okay. Like if, if that's something that you're thinking about and it's running through your heart and your mind, it's probably the Lord speaking to you. Hmm. Be obedient and respond to it. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you can respond to it is begin to read books, to go to classes, get training, but then to just do it, just begin to pray for healing. I just mm-hmm. had this conversation with somebody the other day, and they thought it was being a super spiritual person. Well, if I'm going to see somebody get healed, then I have to be this super spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, if you want to see someone get healed, you just have to pray for them. Yeah. Because right? no one's going to get healed if you don't pray for anybody. Mm-hmm. And so it's about practice. Um, I always tell people, let's say you decided you wanted to become the greatest saxophone player of all time and make Kenny G look like he was nobody. Um, <laughs> you're not going to get there by not buying a saxophone and practicing it, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same yeah. with gifts. If you want to see healing, you've just got to start doing it. Just start praying for people. And if you're not quite sure how, find a book, talk to somebody, but just start doing it and be obedient when the Lord leads you to it. I love it. I love too. I've heard the, just the phrase, there's no junior Holy spirit. So like no matter what age you're at with this, you know, how much, 
how far you feel like you are in your faith with God. Like, if you're ready to go for it, go for it. There's no junior Holy Spirit. Like, yeah, anybody, you know, has exactly what Jesus had, what we have, what, you know, any of the other people that we see as maybe what we'd call great healers. I don't know. I would just say that there are people we know about who we've heard stories that heal people. Cause I'm sure there's so many out there that we've never heard stories of, but you know, the same power that is in Christ Jesus is in us. So right. go for it. Yeah. hundred percent. That's well said. I tell people all the time, you have the same authority that I do. It's yeah. not like I'm walking in a different authority. It's the same Holy spirit. There is not a junior Holy Spirit, you have the same authority I do. I just learned to walk confidently in it mm -hmm. because I now have a history with God and seeing this happen over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I begin to see the little things that he's doing to set me up. And then I'm like, okay, he's in this. This is going to be good. And then just being obedient to go for it and pray and yeah, yeah. exercise. I love faith. It's not like to go forward in obedience it's not going forward looking for results and not to be discouraged about those results but just to keep going forward and like that's your love offering to god is that obedience you know and especially if you don't see anything and you keep going and you don't get discouraged and or even if you are a little bit discouraged but you just keep going knowing that that's what god is calling you to do it's it's a beautiful love offering whether you see results or not right and it develops that history with God between you and him. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, I know too, I just want to throw it out there that um, you are, Tim, you're hosting a spiritual gifts class, right? And it starts in September, Wednesday, September 16th. Correct. Uh, is that like around, what time is that at? Like seven or something? Seven o'clock, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So if people are interested, I think that would be a great resource. Uh, to jump in and everything, but we also will probably be doing some more podcasts as well, talking about different uh, spiritual gifts as well. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks, Tim, for sharing your stories. Yeah, it was fun. And we'll try to put all the, the, the notes about the dates in the class in the notes below the podcast on the website. Great. Well, thanks, everyone, again, for joining us for Taco Tuesday with Tim Goes Online, and we'd love to have you join us next week.